Thanks for listening to this sermon from the Image Church. Find out more about us and our weekly services at imagejesus.com. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start out, out in a different place. We're going to be in Acts 1. We're just going straight through the first chapter. Um, man, this morning is so weird. Like, I feel super weird. And I just want to share that with you all. Like, so my spirit has been really heavy this week on quite a few things. And, um, and then even working on this sermon, my computer fro- froze twice and I lost the sermon twice. And, um, and I normally wouldn't tell you all that, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, in my house, whatever, I open up the computer, there's a donut crushed in it half the time. There's no telling what the kids got going on. So I usually just save you all from that. But it's been feeling peculiar this week that it's been so much of a fight to actually work through this text and bring the sermon together. And, um, and i just been praying. I'm like, God, you know, what in the world is going on? Why do I feel this way? And just what is it? And... Um, one of the things that's been on my mind is this idea of like being poor, right? But like not physically poor, but the idea of being spiritually poor. And what does that look like? And it feels like it's been confronting me all week long. You know, my 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 sin in that where I'm off balance in that where I'm not seeing that clearly. And, and, and in, in the midst of it confronting me, it's been confronting me about how I feel about the church and where I just see God pushing us towards us and how he wants to actually lean on us from a sense of being poor before the Lord. Do y'all get where I'm coming from? You know, so I'll give you an example. Like this week, I actually was meeting with a, a close friend of mine and, and the friend said to me, they said, you know what, Jay, I actually don't think the church moves. And they, they were talking about image church. So they're talking about me as the pastor, and they're talking about all of us in here who say this is their church. They said, you know, Jay, I don't really think the church moves at a pace for me. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I don't think the church moves. They said, well, I think I'm actually too broken. You know, like it moves too fast for people that are, are as broken as me. And my response was, I said, man, you're right. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, I had been pondering through that already or whatever. So when they said it, it kind of hit me in the gut. And they responded, they said, man, I'm surprised you said that because I've actually told other pastors there that. And I kind of sometimes feel kind of mocked in it, like when I even say something like that. But, you know, sure enough, God has been hitting me in the head that all week long. Like, man, do we as a people, like sometimes we think that we're called to move fast. Like we're, like, like we're all about like excellence and 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 being intellectuals and like let's move quick 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 but what if God is really saying like going forward and going quick is actually learning how to move a little bit slower you get where I'm coming from like is it is it you know that hurt to hear that but I know it's true I can lie through it I can pull some slick verses out and say whatever to defend myself but that's not what God has called us to do he's called us to be listeners right and if we think it, we got it together, how can we be teachable if we always defend ourselves? So I listen. And I heard what they said. And then sure enough, that week, I was eating lunch with a friend from downtown. So when I used to have the shop downtown, I used to meet this. Uh, it was a person that just would always be downtown, um, not by any means wealthy at all, struggling really, really hard through some just really everyday stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so... 
Um, but I've always been really good friends with them, and I sat down to eat lunch with them the other day, and they did something that's going to sound kind of silly, but it, it, it poked me in my heart and con- really convicted me. But you know those texts? All of y'all get them. Y'all know like those, like on Facebook when you get the message and it's like, tap four people, say Jesus eight times, forward and share this to 12 people and do a backflip and blessings coming on you. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? So I always get those and I'm like, who in the heck? Do-? And, then, and then sometimes it's my friend, like somebody I know and I'm just shamed for them. I'm like, dog, really? Like you, that's, that's what you do with your time? You forward in these messages? You know what I'm saying? Like you expect me to do this for real? And um. And so I'm sitting eating, eating with the person, eating lunch with them, and, they, and, and pull, they pull up the phone, they're on Facebook, and they get one, and they read it out loud, and they're like, you know what I'm saying, blessings coming, this and that, triple fold blessing, you know what I'm saying, Christ's going to do it, and won't he do it, amen, amen, and then they're like, boom, sharing that all day long, and they like, they said it out loud, you know what I'm saying, and I'm sitting there eating my food or whatever, and like, it's funny, but like, it convicted me so much, because in the moment, it was like, I'm going to tell you who does that, like, you think it's like silliness, but like, people who are like, just looking for hope, like, (laughs) that joint was silly to me, but it was good news to them, you know what I'm saying, and and at that moment, it, it, it showed me like, Yo, you're moving, you're moving a little bit too high, whatever, right? You think you're too cute with it. Like, you haven't, you forgot what it is to be desperate for the Lord. You get what I'm saying? And whatnot. And, and, and that's not to say that, you know, like, in my mind, it's like, no, they don't need to be thinking about that. They need to put their trust in the Lord for it. First thing in my mind is, how do you fix or help this person see it properly or whatever, right? But sometimes you just got to sit down and sit with people and listen to them and walk through them. And to be honest with you, like, it was grieving my spirit sitting there with, with them, but I felt like God was being so merciful and graceful, and he was just washing over me, like, so much. And it's been happening all week where he just keeps, like, showing me where, yo, you're you, you missing some things, Jay. You're missing it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yo, we have to be poor. I don't want us to be the type of church. Like, this is for all of us. I don't want us to be the type of church where we move too fast for people who are broken. Like, broken, broken. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't want people to have to come into church and have to hide in the shadows because it's like, yo, my thing is a little too ugly for y'all. You get what I'm saying? I want them to walk into a church like, no, it ain't on me. Like, we stand, we right there with you. Like, we, 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 we get that, that, that the grace and mercy of God goes so deep that even when he's on the cross, the thief next to him could catch it. You understand what I'm saying? Halfway dead, halfway going out the door, and his mercy and grace is like, your homie, what? You calling out for, I'll see you in a minute. We in paradise chilling. You get where I'm coming from? Like, we forget that sometimes, and it's like, our duty is not, we don't get higher by trying to get higher and faster. We get higher by getting lower. You get what I'm saying? And, and where we get sandwiched between God's mercy and his grace on us, and that produces this, ama- this amazing thing that comes out of us. But in the middle of it, there's this hurt where we see ourselves being exposed for the crooks and thieves we really are on the cross. You get where I'm coming from? Like, we, like the posture is to be looking for that to happen. It's to be looking for that to happen. Not, not trying to block that, not trying to shun that, like, no, I ain't that. No, we are that. We are that. And, like, and, and grow for us looks like being able to see that. And then the way we'll function with people, the way we love them going from that um, is a gift only God can give us, you know. So that's, uh, 
I want us to get faster by getting slower. So I just want to share that with you. And, and that's just, you know, that's what God's been doing on my heart this week. And that's the prayer I've been praying for the church and everything else. All right. So if you have your Bibles today, which none of y'all probably do, you got your cell phones. Uh-oh, I just seen the Bible. Okay. All right. So we're in Acts 1 today, and we're going to go straight through Acts 1 down to uh, chapter 11. Let me just pray real fast. Text is pretty short. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you, Lord, for, um, thank you for your son, Jesus, Father, Lord. We thank you that um, you, you don't let up. Like, you don't let up. You, you, you constantly... Your Holy Spirit is always weighing on us, and it's always looking deep into the nooks and crannies of our heart, pointing to stuff. And in the meanwhile, while we talk so much crazy foolishness out of our mouth, you tolerate it. You, you could just crush us, and, and you should half the time, or most all of the time, but you don't because of the blood that is between us, Father Lord. And we, we thank you for the blood that was shed for us on our behalf. Um, Lord, help us to be poor in ourselves and filthy rich in you and what you've done. Um, help us to count it a gift for us to be able to sit and go through your word. Help us to not be caught in being entertained, Father Lord, but let us be caught up in this work and mission that you've called us to, Father Lord, to testify to who you are. And, um, and let us be grateful in how we're used in that, whether it's um, preaching or whether it's cleaning toilets in the bathroom, Father Lord, let us be counted rich, us to be rich, to be anywhere in that process, Father Lord, but help us to love how you love um, and to do that um, truly. And, and, and let that be a work that you do, not something we do because we feel we need to get there, but because um, we see you. And, and, uh, and, and so we praise you and we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so we're in Acts 1. In Acts 1, um, this is, we are basically witnessing a conversation happening, happening between Luke and this other dude named Theophilus, right? And so let me just give you a little context. Theophilus is, um, what I think he is, is like, a, like some type of, he, he's a very important person. Um, throughout, if, you, if, if you, you look at Luke, Luke, of course, wrote Luke. And then he also wrote in Acts, and he is actually writing a uh, letter to Theophilus, right? And so in, in Acts, we'll see that he starts off like, you know, remember I hit you up with that other letter or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm following up on that one. So we're actually getting a witness, Luke, basically witness to this guy. And Theophilus is somebody to be esteemed highly because Luke calls him most excellent a couple times throughout the text. And if you look around the Bible, that term is only used for maybe government officials or just really important people. So we get to kind of peeping on how he's doing that thing or whatever, right? So I just want to read the text straight through to you, and, um, and then we'll jump into it. So it says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, and after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he, Jesus, ordered them 
to uh, not, excuse me, ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit now many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. It's kind of funny to me when Jesus be kind of snapping at people and stuff. They ain't none of your business, yo. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in, in all Judea, Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things and they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. All right. So. All right. So let's jump into this text or whatever. We're going to verse one right here. Right. So there's a couple of things happening in the text. All right. So God is speaking to us through Luke and the dynamics of this conversation. So as we're talking about this, you want to act like you're getting the eavesdropping on their conversation, all right? And then, um, and then, you know, this is very important or whatever, this whole text here, because, you know, Jesus is about to bounce right after he makes his statements here, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And um, he's about to go up into the clouds and everything. So he's going to take this last couple of statements he says to them. And, of course, it's going to be very, very important, right? So um, if you're Theophilus or whatever, and you're in the middle of this conversation that you've been having with Luke, you got to imagine that this guy is like, you know, um, wow, I hear about this Jesus. I heard that he got killed and everything. And then Luke, the way they've worked the letter, Luke ends with Jesus dying on the cross, right? It ends with him dying on the cross, and then it ends with him leaving. So he's kind of seen all of this. So you have to be really um, attentive to the things that um, Luke takes the opportunity to point at in this text, right? And so you got to imagine if you're Theophilus, you're probably like, yo, so you're saying this guy came back alive. You get what I'm saying? Like, if you could just jump into modern times with it, imagine we heard that somebody got, you know what I'm saying, got the electric chair downtown or something or whatever. And then every, like, mad people in the city are like, no, he's walking around. We've seen him in the street. And people are like, nah, yo, they stabbed him in the side and we actually put our hand in it. You would be like, yo, tell me the story again. Tell me the story again. Like, hold on. So what's going on here? And so basically that's what Theophilus is doing. He's like, bro, I need to know what in the world is going on. And he's like, is he alive? And so he tells him in verse 3, he says, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So we're going to hear um, Luke testifying to that, but also we're going to see the commands that Jesus gave or whatever he says up here. And in, uh, in, verse, in verse two, he says he is given commands to the Holy Spirit. So we're going to actually walk through some of this stuff. All right. So in verse four, he says, and while staying with them, he, Jesus, ordered them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, right? Let me tell you why this part about the Holy Spirit is super important in the text. Um, it's important in the text because we're going to see Luke go into the mission and the calling 
that Christ has left on the church to build the church, right? And so if, if, you're, if you're sitting there and you're listening to that and he's going, he's going to build this amazing thing through his people, you have to be thinking in your mind, like, how in the world is that going to happen? So Luke is telling him, yo, he's given us the promise of the Holy Spirit, right? He's like, so y'all, he, he, he's, he's, he's testifying to Theophilus, like, yo, he promised us that the Holy Spirit is coming. He told us just to chill, wait, stay in Jerusalem. It's going to happen, right? And so in verse 6, he says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Um, it's important for us to notice because God... In present day, let, let me ask y'all this real quick. Do y'all believe Jesus died for our sins? Yes. Okay. Do you believe this really happened? Yes. Okay. All right. I, I, when you're listening right now, I want you to do the work of bringing this text to you modern day, right? So I want you to act like you're Theophilus and you're going, you're being told this news right now, right? Because I feel like it, it feels like it's, we're talking about something of old, right? And it feels like it doesn't prick our spirit no more like when we hear this right here. This is the amazing sparking of the church, right? So it's like Christ has died on the cross, and when he's on the cross, he says, my work is finished, right? And so his work on the cross, salvation is finished, but this new thing called the church is about to pop off. Like, so it's just getting moving. We're seeing the beginning of something thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago that is the result of us sitting right here in the room. Y'all get where I'm coming from? So this is like, this is heavy. It's heavy. I know it's in story form, but it's heavy. It's today. It's right now. It's not a long time ago, right? So the Holy Spirit, man, he sends the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when he sends the promise of the Holy Spirit, he's basically saying, like, number one, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you power to accomplish this work. And, and this goes back to what I was saying about being poor earlier, because every time I think I'm rich, I spend all my energy and my time consumed in putting my awesome plans together. And they always are garbage. Do you get where I'm coming from? And so he's, he's giving them a job to do that is impossible outside of the power of God. Do you get where I'm coming from? And this is that place where we, if we gaze into the work of Christ, this is where we get poor at. This is where we find ourselves poor. We can't do this. We can do church. We can do like the function of church and we can look at TV and go, how do y'all do church? That's awesome. You know what? We need to get a crazy little lights and all that and flip it and we can do all that. But how do we do the work of church that he's describing? Because he's not talking about how to get your building awesome and how to do all that or whatever. Like, God is talking about something else, right? There's something else that's on his mind. And it's like, yo, I'm going to empower you to do this work that is going to keep going forward. And it's people, right? And Peter, we see him talk about the church. He says, it's that we are living stones. Living stones, like God calls us living stones that make up the church. And he is calling us in the scripture. He's saying, I'm releasing my Holy Spirit to you. Wait for it because it's going to empower you to go forward. Right. 
Um, I was reading something the other day. I'm, I'm sorry I don't have the information for you, but it was, it was, uh, it was an old scholar. And uh, I can't remember his name, but he was writing about how the church during this time, he was just a witness in this old ancient writings, and he was talking about how they literally were burning Christians to um, illuminate the streets at night. Like he was talking about, like, you know, he was speaking from the angle of somebody watching it happen. And he was like, and he wasn't, he's not a believer, but he's like, the extent of cruelty that they went to to shame the Christians, he was like, it even made compassion for him for, from, from even other people who were sentenced to death. So it's like, dang, homie, I'm dying. But I can't believe they're killing you like that. Do you get where I'm coming from? But the church grew doing this persecution. Who in the world has the power to stand up and say, I'll go? Or, nah, I'm not denying Jesus when somebody's sitting with a, a fiery furnace next to you. Do you get where I'm coming from? Amen. You can't do that outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. You get where I'm coming from? So my thing is, in modern day, where the circumstances are that we are an extremely um, fat, overfed country, don't judge me, I hit the gym twice this week just to let you know, and I mean that, all right? But we're an overfed country. Do you get what I'm saying? And so the sensitivities that would be normalcy for us to be poor in the spirit if we were on the run or we're facing this real persecution, it's, it's not so reachable. You get, what I'm, you get where I'm coming from? So it's like, it's not that it's not attainable. But like there's this thing where we have to do the sober and work of coming before the cross in a real, real, real way. Does that make sense? Does that, you know, I'm talking about this because I'm like, God, how do we get poor again? How do we get poor again? How, does, how do we get back to where it hurts to see people walking up the street? Do you get where I'm coming from? Like knowing they're lost. Like how do, how do I start to feel it again? When I just roll by people, strangers, but hearing the spirit of God say, yo, go back and do something about that. You get where I'm coming from? Um, this week or whatever, I was going up the street, and I know this doesn't, I don't know, but this, this is just what's on my heart. I was going up the street the other day, and, um, you know, I was out with my wife on Friday night and stuff, and I, I came through downtown, and I saw this older gentleman, and, um, and he was walking on two um, canes, right? And... I remember when I looked at him, I was like, he just didn't look like he belonged there. You know what I'm saying? He looked like he was maybe like a vet or something. You know what I mean? And that's what I thought in my head. But I saw him and I was like, and I do this often, like I go, go through downtown and I'll see homeless people. And I'd be like, dang, man, what's, homie, what are you doing out here? I wonder what the story is. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and whatnot. And I'll pray or whatever. And I saw him and he just specifically caught my attention. And I was like... It's like, man, what's my man doing? Next morning, I came back through downtown to go get breakfast. And when I was coming, I hit the corner up here, whatever, on Union. And uh, I forgot what that is, like the Shell gas station. I see homie, and he's, he's just waking up, but he's, he's slumped between, 
the gas pump and the pole. And so I'm going to get breakfast or whatever, and I'm like, okay, I, I just happened to catch it, and I really felt like, God, let me see it, you know, in reference to what I saw the night before. And so me and my wife were about to go get breakfast, and I remember thinking in my mind, I was like, I'm going to get this guy breakfast and bring it back, you know? And I didn't go get him breakfast. You get what I'm saying? And I'm not beating myself up over it. It was, I just simply forgot with all that had to happen or whatever, right? But, man, I'm sick of forgetting. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you get where I'm coming from. I'm like, I'm sick of forgetting. I'm sick of, um, I'm sick of the important things getting washed up with a lot of things that are not important. Do you get where I'm coming from? Um, it just is what it is or whatever. Like, God is just bumping my head without sitting in my room yesterday or whatever. And, yo, I got so many freaking sneakers. I'm like... I'm about to break an ankle trying to walk around the sneakers, right? And it's the truth or whatever. But I'm just like, I'm like this week, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm getting this stuff out of here and I'm going to give it away. You get where I'm coming from? Not that there's something wrong with having sneakers and this stuff having clothes. I'm just saying for me particularly in like what I feel like God is doing, I just feel like he's like, man, I just want to be poor again. I just want to be poor again. Those conversations I had this week and listening to the lady talk and listening to somebody say like, yo, you don't move at my pace. I'm not discarding stuff so I can feel poor again. What I'm saying is in the midst of it, I just realized a lot of stuff has taken, gotten my attention, right? And so the proper response to it is, the proper response is it, to it is this right here. It's repent. It's repent. It is like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, we spend so much time, I know I'm ranting this morning, y'all, but I just, we spend so much time trying to figure it out. And we try to figure out what's going on. And like what's going on is that we simply are in sin sometimes. We're in sin because if you look at this text and you look at this scripture and you go, let me just jump to the the end of this thing right here, right? Verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, right? This is what God is doing. This is what he's doing, right? This is what he's doing. And let me, let me step back before I read that. He says, they said, so, um, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, this is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. And he gets them to the, to the calling. You get what I'm saying? You have to understand the progression of this conversation they've been having. You know, they come up to the cross and now he's hitting them. You got to understand after somebody tells you that somebody rose from the dead. Right. You sitting there like, and what does he want us to do? So what's the next move? The next move is that you're to be his witness and testify to what he did. And you're going to do it till he returns. Right. This talks about at the end. He, Jesus bounces. He just flies up in the, into the sky. Right. He goes into the sky, and then the other guys come up, probably angels, and they're like, yo, homie, don't even worry about that. He'll be back the same way he left. You get what I'm saying? So it's almost this thing like, yo, don't even get caught up on all that. Focus on the work. Focus on the work. Jesus is like, yo, stop asking me about Israel and all that, homie. Like, listen to what I'm telling you. I'm about to bounce in a second. You better get, get the nitty gritty out of this. I'm about, you're about to receive power. Holy Spirit is coming, and then y'all are going to be my witnesses. And it's work time. You get where I'm coming from? So it's time, like, 
How do we get back to work? And what is the work? The work is simply testifying to what he did on the cross, right? It's proclaiming the good news to the poor, to people who are hurting for good news, right? People who don't say, no, I need you to package it and make it this way for it to work for me. But people who are like, I am desperate. I am desperate. You get what I'm saying? I'm desperate. I'm sick. I have porn addiction. I have, I have addiction to lying. I have addiction with, with the way that I, I, I present myself all the time. I have addiction with trying to please men. Like, it's no, it's no secret that we're that messed up. It's no secret. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. If they don't know, we're playing a game, right? And I ain't saying you walk around spilling all the beans on your business all the time, but like, he had to die on the cross to cover up how dirty our stuff is. Do you get where I'm coming from? I don't want to be like the world. I don't walk around. I don't want to walk around covering everything up because that's not where the power is at. That's not how this mission moves forward. It doesn't move forward playing the carnal game of assessing, walking, talking, like and putting everything together and coming to our conclusions the same way the world does. I just said it a million times, politics is not our God. We're just trying to pick out of the, out of the worst one up there. That's what we're doing. And if you may like the worst one over here and I like the worst one here, so be it. That's whatever. But there's only one perfect one. There's only one perfect one, right? It's only one perfect one. His name is Jesus Christ, and he lived and he walked the earth, right? And then he came and he died on the cross for our sins because it's the only way that we would ever see the Lord. It was the only, he was the only way that such dirty, disgusting filth and depravity, that is us, could be made beautiful in the sight of God. Right. So this amazing gift we have is that we stand before God and he looks at us the same. He, he, he burns with joy and love when he looks at us. How, Lord? I'm a mess. I'm a mess. How? But he doesn't see it. The blood of Jesus covers us. That's that's. I want to say that again and just tremble when I hear it. I want to catch up to that. I want to catch up to being poor enough that that is the sweetest thing to ever touch my lips ever. You get where I'm coming from? This is what his church, this is what he's calling us to do. And the way we're going to get it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to do it from encouraging each other. We're going to do it through mercy and forgiveness. The same thing he, he gave us, we got to give it to each other, right? Y'all know I love to be in the streets and you know I love sharing the gospel with people. But you know, when it comes to activism, I don't want us to be a slave to it. Because I would prefer you love the people that are just a couple seats over to you first, all right? And then I would love for that to spew out into the streets. But it's not something we're trying to slam dunk on and just get right, all right? Um, so the text, and I'm going to end with this. We stand as his witnesses until the day he returns in the same manner he left. Like, that's what we are. We're witnesses. Um, the, 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 the word in itself, it does a great thing in that it points us that we're testifying about something else, right? Um, you know, I, I, I think I see people on Facebook all the time, and it's like, 
I'm super awesome man of God to the 12th power, you know what I'm saying, and all this stuff or whatever, and you're like, and it's like, it feels like it's a whole bunch of me, me, me type of stuff or whatever, right? And, um, and, and we don't always tell that story the right way or whatever. Like, I love to hear the phrase man of God or people be called man of God or woman of God because it's such an esteemable title to be called, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I think I told y'all this before, but when I first got saved, um, you know, people have their concerns and everything else or whatever, like, you know, um, or the things that they fight with, you know, belief and everything on. But for me, the one of the things I fought with really hard was um, I kept saying, God, how are you going to restore my name? You know what I'm saying? I just in my mind, I was like, I've done so much dirt in the street and been such a low life for so long. Is it possible that you could restore my reputation and give me a good name? You know what I'm saying? And I just, to me, that was just the, that would be the biggest miracle ever. Like, fix that. You know what I'm saying? Um, take away some of the nicknames I have in the street for some of the stuff I've done, which was cool in, but now it's to my shame and it hurts my heart to the depths of my soul that I, you know, that I did that stuff. And It's amazing how God just calls you just to keep leaning into him. And while you're in front of him and you're in front of the cross and the way it, he, he does what he does, he's handling so much stuff on the outside. You get what I'm saying? And so I just say that to say, like, man, somebody calls you a man of God. It's the craziest thing ever because you know who paid for it. You know, you know how you know it's not, a, it's not a cheap title. You know what I'm saying? It's not something you throw around like on some whatever. It's like, man, or woman of God. It's like, man, the blood of Jesus actually, this was expensive. This was expensive. Um, all right. I think I've been all over the place, whatever. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, let me just, let me close this with this. Um, but it's good news. It's good news. We're witnesses. And, uh, we're witnesses, and I'm just like, Lord, help me feel rich in that. Help me feel rich in, in what that is. Um, cause me to tremble before that. Cause me to be poor in the idea that I have nothing to bring to the table. Um, that I have nothing to bring to the table. You get what I'm saying? But that I'm rich in the work that you've done. And so this is the beginning of Acts right there. And, um, and we're going to continue with this book and we're going to go into, there's a lot of amazing stuff in Acts and, and, and whatnot, but it's the church getting popped off. You know what I'm saying? It's the church when it jumps off and it's the move of the Holy Spirit. But when, 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 as we're going through this, what I'm going to be asking you to pray during the week is... Ask God to make you poor in your spirit. You get what I'm saying? Um, sp spend your week this week with few words, but listen very well. You know what I'm saying? Listen for what God is doing around you for the things you, you, you miss all the time. And, um, and uh, you know, and I, the reason we, me and Matt, we discuss going into Acts is because it's easy. We drift. We forget what a privilege we have being called witnesses. And 
Acts just has a way of bringing you back to what it is from the very beginning. But it's like you have to get your heart right or it, just turn, or, or it seems like just a story. But it's not just a story. It's the story. It's, 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 it's what we do right now. Um, so I just want to encourage you in that. Um,